0: I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we watched Steven Soderbergh's 2011 thriller, Contagion, in which he depicts in excruciating, accurate, scientific detail a global pandemic of a respiratory disease that started. From a wet market in China. Sound familiar? (laughs) A year and a half into COVID and with now uh, the Delta variant on the rise, we thought it was time to revisit this great movie. Mitchell had never seen it before. It's the perfect time to restoke some anxiety about (laughs) the state of the world. And if you listen to last week's episode, I know that we said today we would be watching The Green Knight, but we had to put that on hold for just one week. We've both seen it, but we've got a very special guest. We'll be talking about that at the end of today's episode. So if you came for The Green Knight, don't worry. It's coming this coming week. Uh, Stay for Contagion. It's a great conversation, a great movie. And I think we put this uh, up front a little bit, but if you've got anxiety about COVID, maybe skip the movie and just stay for the conversation. (coughs) Let's jump in
1: sleepyheads. So what's your water filter situation like? So I'm so glad you
0: asked, because I've been meaning to bring it up with you on one of these talks. Oh, have you? This is No, this is 100% real. <laughs> so we visited you guys just for like an afternoon in June um, or like, right. like end of May. And I went to get water from your fridge. And you, I noticed that you had this really nice, large Brita, uh, I, I don't know, what, what, what do you call it?
1: It's not the pitcher. It's not a it's pitcher. Like a, it's, it's like long. It's, it's got the spout. It's almost like a mini aquarium.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it has got the it's got the spout. Oh yeah, on it's the got side. a spout. It's ready to go. And I saw it. I thought this is what I need in my life. This one I, really? I I ordered that on Amazon like the next week. I just <laughs> love this thing. Oh my gosh, because yeah, the the Brita filters are so terrible because they take so long to fill. And yes. it's got like a cup and a half of water in it.
1: Exactly. So this we, one it takes um, long to fill, but you get so much for your for oh, your patience. Oh my gosh. It's but, you know, it's ju- funny. It's huge in my we life. found this walking around our neighborhood in Roseville back in the day and it was just sitting on a street corner. Like somebody mm-hmm. didn't want it. And did you just pick it up? Yeah, we just took it oh my gosh. and in the age of COVID and especially contagion, that's a big no, no. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. we washed. So yeah. no, I love it. It's the, been one of my the reason I ask is because you said the sparkling water is your favorite and I always find that it takes so much water. Yeah, well, I, what I've been doing, because I've been doing nightly
0: sparkling soda streams, and I just fill up the pitcher. Oh, I just use it, and then I fill Do up Do you the down pitcher. the whole thing? Oh, yeah. The soda down, stream? Yeah, because Megan and I will share it. Okay, wow. And then I fill up the next night's pitcher and put it in the fridge so it's nice and cold, too. Interesting. I love it. Oh, uh, just, I don't know, everything. I want to give a... Can I give a shout-out to somebody? Of course. So, I, we get a couple of new listeners, some so oh, no way so i mean there uh, yeah i think so i don't know but uh, there's some a uh, couple of couple of young guys high school guys cuz you know i work with high schoolers uh, elijah and jaden so shout out to them but i i bring it up i wouldn't normally just shout out people but i was talking to elijah tonight about movies and he's and, and he said this thing that i just loved because it was definitely it's, it's definitely something i think i've held on to for a really long time uh, but I don't know if I operate in this way. We were talking about movies, and he's like, "Oh, did you see M. Night Shyamalan's old yet." And I was like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." And I said, what, did I see? Uh, "I'm probably not gonna go see uh, yeah. it." <laughs> <And> I said, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah," and I said, "Oh, did you see? Did you like it?" He was, and I don't remember what he said, but but if he liked it. But then he said, "Yeah, but I I pretty much think everything is worth seeing once." And I was like, "Oh, like Interesting. that's that's like a nice like a nice philosophy on movie going." everything's worth seeing once now at this as, point in my life as, right especially <laughs> for the youth <laughs> yes I, I have memories of being you know 18 19 and having having like cable on a dvr player and what i would do is i would just like click on show me the next show me the next 7 days worth of movies that were playing on any channel and I would just like go through them. I take You're like t- feed t- t- it to me. T- I would take like twenty <laughs> minutes and go through them. And anything that was even like remotely interesting, I would click on it and click record. And I would record you know thirteen movies that week or whatever. I mean, it man, was like man, man, it was. Anything. This has been in your blood since <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> I mean, it. Was, I, I I would watch anything. And now I'm a little more discriminative
1: uh, of what I'm gonna watch. <laughs> You're a little bit more aware that you're gonna die one day. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit more. My time is precious. If you if you follow like, me on wait le- a minute, <laughs> you follow
0: me on Letterboxed, my the fact that the the most movies that I'm logging are are like three and a half, four, four and a half stars. It's not because I'm uh, an easy critic. It's because I'm choosing things that I think I'm I know I'm gonna like, and I'm pretty good at judging right. that. <laughs> right. I
1: don't imagine kids saying one star because you I chose to watch something no i know it Which just you're clearly <laughs> ill-informed
0: i i can't imagine the scenario in which i'm saying yes to a thing where there's
1: a possibility of a one-star review i know <laughs> so even for the sake of the 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 you know rage review which is always fun to read
0: I know, but I i mean, I've even thought about that. Some of these bad movies that have come out, like some of these Netflix originals, I was just think. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, Netflix originals are <laughs> the equivalent to Hallmark movies at this point.
0: Uh, no kidding. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. They're
1: just like, like the, the demographic is, is uh, tilted like slightly. Yeah. But I don't know how to make a distinction
0: between like some of
1: that junk
0: and then like mink that comes out at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, you can distinguish. I mean, them. I Not no, me. I
0: I understand. I'm saying, well, yeah. like why? I mean, I, I, I yeah, I understand that why, the why behind it too. It's just weird. The, the whole system is weird.
1: You know, it's funny. Me and Matt have been working on this theory of you know we just all become our parents one okay. way or another, okay. um, which you know isn't isn't a novel idea, but. And we're starting. We want to start an Instagram that's called uh, Millennials with Boomer Energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, just when thinking about the Netflix original, it's like, oh yeah, that that's that's a Lifetime movie, but just tilted enough into a millennial direction toward toward a certain age demographic. Yeah, but it's the same exact thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then people like the like go churning
1: crazy for machine of sludge just on coming on to services is like, Oh, I'll I'll watch it. Like I'm not, I'm not, um, so picky about how I curate my watching. Yeah. It's something on, I'll watch it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I like the philosophy of a young movie lover. Everything is worth watching. Elijah, the optimism is beautiful. I, I don't know if I agree. But I, I wish yeah. I could be there and I wish I could. Welcome, Elijah. I wish I could Im- imagine the the, the the many, many, many years with, with which to watch absolutely everything. Uh, I'm like, everything?
1: No. Now, being no, said, seriously. I've watched Contagion three times in the last year. I was gonna say, did, so you you'd already seen this movie. Did you watch it again this week? Uh, so
0: I I watched sections of it to kind of refresh. Um, right, because you had
1: already watched it like six months ago or something. I,
0: wa- I so the very first time I watched Contagion was I looked this up on Letterboxd because it was one of the first movies I re- I logged on Letterboxd as when I like started getting really consistent with logging. I watched Contagion for the first time March first, twenty twenty. Wow, I mean, fourteen days before (laughs) you're like, okay, (laughs) let's buckle up, everybody. (laughs) I I I think that if I had waited two weeks, I would not have been able to continue watching the movie after the first ten minutes. Mm. Um, I mean, it's such a. I mean that, that. And I'm I was so thankful I watched it because there is a sense in the film of you know not that. Not that we can save ourselves with knowledge, but I think having science and knowledge and understanding of these things can be a helpful right. tool. Right, And that's what I think is really clearly... There are kind of.
1: geniuses
0: yes. at work. Yes, there are people who, even even the people who are absolute experts in the movie, they don't understand what they're dealing with, but they know so many aspects of each piece and part of this.
1: That they know how right. to begin to make an approach here. Though they haven't experienced you know, this particular this thing, scale, yeah. they, know, they know how to approach and, it. And it's not just, yeah, they already have language for dealing with it, you know. Yeah. And so. Ooh, right. That's what kind of got us into this conversation mm-hmm. we hit record was we were talking about the Delta variant, which is obviously why we are rewatching contagion right now is you know round two or yeah. some might say round four maybe the Feels fourth like wave four. who knows but uh the R not i know terminology which is how many people uh an infected person to. will yeah, trans- yeah. Trans with the yeah should you get it how many people you give it to and the R not for the disease in the movie which i don't think they ever give it a name do they no, but it's
0: on the it's on the vaccine vials at the end um, of the film, so you see it. It's it's something similar to like COVID nineteen, in just that it's a kind of a random. It literally scene. is COVID nineteen. No, I mean, in like a random, you know, kind of collection of letters.
1: Yeah, it, it, uh, th- that's very meaningless, um, to to someone watching it. Um, right. Yeah, but they give but the terminology, the specific. Yeah, it's the M E V one virus. M E V one. M E V one. Scientific terminology for, uh, the, you know, how many people you give it to, should you get it, uh, is called R-naught. Yeah, I think, it's and N-A. this is a real thing. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. real language, yeah. and what's yeah, again, what's fascinating about this movie is it was made in 2011. Yeah, so it it's it feels so much like just a documentary of what we've been experiencing the past year and a half, but um, the R-naught of COVID was i think 2 to 3 people yes. per infected person but with delta it's like 4 to 6 people yes which it's as is as contagious same. as like chickenpox right it's 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 double doubly as contagious yep. as normal covid alpha covid but what's fascinating <laughs> isn't the movie contagion which we should probably give a warning up front if if you're not doing good with covid stuff right now and <laughs> covid anxiety do not watch this movie in fact me and Sarah started this. She said, "I'm out." I am. <laughs> Has she, she? She hasn't seen it. She hasn't seen it. But uh, I mean, it was the kid. And when uh, the kid, when yeah. Clark got it, she's like, "I'm done with this. I, you know, have fun. Yeah. That's it for me. That's my time." Yeah. Uh, you know, which respect for for knowing when to call it. So yeah. But that's a, a warning up front for the episode. If you are having any COVID anxiety, maybe 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 hit skip on this one. But listen to the conversation. I'm sure it's gonna be great. But all that to say, the R naught of the disease in Contagion is four to six people. It's the yeah. same as Delta. Yes. Yeah. Which which is just fun yeah, at this know, point, you know. And obviously, well,
0: so I mean, so this is my, so this was the first time you'd seen Contagion, right? First time. And, which is crazy. Uh, really quick, we got a shout out to to my guy Steven Soderbergh, who is now the first director. To Get two movies, repeat on movies I know, kind of bugs it. me. <laughs> no, no, no bugging over here. I love Steven Soderbergh. So, I love him, but the, you know, the first repeat, come uh, on, <laughs> he's prolific, man. Um, uh, but okay, so yeah, this movie's made in 2011. Soderbergh sets out to make basically an, a hyper realistic portrayal of what could be with a pandemic. Right, and so I watched this March first, 2020, when COVID was a thing. But like, whatever. Like, I think we we had CAD cases in the U.S. because um, that like, happened like <laughs> late February. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, what is happening? This is a a movie about an airborne respiratory disease that originated in a in a wet market in China, like from a bat, f- from a bat, and and like this is kind of all we knew about COVID at the time. Right. And, and, and I'm like, how is how is this what I'm watching? And right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just.
1: I'm just waiting for Jude Law to start blogging. It's it's just although there is that guy you know, on the internet. Well,
0: yeah. To, to be honest, the least accurate portion of this film is the Jude Law character because the right. f- the film imagine the fact that there's only one of him. <laughs> exactly. So so Jude yeah. Law the Jude Law character, the, 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 well. The structure of the film is unique and and kind of something I think Soderbergh pulls off really well. I think a, a lesser director would have a hard time juggling all of this, because you could see a scenario in which this is like the crash of uh, pandemic movies. You remember Crash, where it's no, all I these crash. all these intersecting storylines, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. in LA, where where they're kind of trying to trying to they all like come together Uh, yeah they all come together everything intersects like an episode of seinfeld (laughs) right i was just Uh, gonna say yeah uh, and and soderbergh like definitely has some of these streams overlap but he's very content to not force any of that to happen if it feels right. like it would be natural but within the storyline then then he allows that to happen but basically we have just a ton of disparate storylines of different people and different levels of response um different right. agencies different different scientific backgrounds um you know all kinds of
1: different things responding to this pandemic we have patient zero and yeah. then we have the doctor that discovered the vaccine and kind of saying yeah and everybody yeah. in between
0: the head of the CDC yeah. you know we have some military personnel um, you know conspiracy theorists uh, it, and then there's the Jude Law conspiracy theorist blogger or I, you know I'm pushing a home home remedy drug to get for at a pharmacy whatever and and Soderbergh has said, you know, recently in interviews, like the most inaccurate thing of the movie is is the way that they judged what that kind of response would be and how mm. and, Under. And, and you can see it in the movie because because there's so many different characters, but you know, there's one glaring omission to me, having having lived through the last year and a half, in that there is not a main character or any character who is a politician. Mm. And I think Soderbergh could not have or did not anticipate how political a pandemic is going to be. Right. And My biggest
1: critique of the movie was that everyone believes that the, there is a virus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, to be fair, the virus in the film is much, much, much deadlier than COVID. Right. So right. It, it has this fatality rate of one in four people who get it are going to
1: die. and right. And quickly.
0: And that was something I remember... At the beginning of COVID, and not that I wished this in any way, shape, or form, but I remember saying to people like, because I had just seen Contagion. I remember saying to people, "It would be, it would
1: almost be easier if COVID were a lot deadlier." Right, right. Because every thing, it's not dangerous enough to spur the reaction to get rid of it.
0: Yes, yeah. Where what we see in the movie is is very intense um, reaction. Right. Uh, it,
1: Seizuring, it, like foaming at the mouth, like it's very visceral Yes, when someone gets the disease and being able to, like, I, I would imagine at the beginning of COVID, reading what happens to you when you get the disease, it's like, yeah, your system's overwhelmed. You start having seizures, you, you know, like all the yeah. stuff that happens, like organ failure completely. Not to say that doesn't happen with COVID because it does, but yeah. like if that was in your head, for the yes. stakes yes
0: for your behavior uh, it, you know it's great I love the Matt Damon character in this movie I wish I was him he's immune <laughs> I I know one of the things I love about uh contagion is how quickly he dispels any illusion you have about what this movie is going to be <laughs> in mm. in that the movie starts off now in that opening shot which I don't which actually is just a black screen do you remember what the first thing you
1: hear in the movie is? Someone coughing. Somebody coughing. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! It's man, <laughs> he he couldn't know how like I know terrifying of an intro that is I until know. 2020. But my experience with this movie is, I watched it in March of 2020
0: before we were really living it, mm-hmm. and I I really did feel like like when I would read news articles about the art not value of COVID, like I was like, oh, I know what that means. You know, they right. they talked about fomites on surfaces mm. they talk about social distancing in the movie they, they talk- literally
1: use that language which yes. i feel i felt like i hadn't heard that language before covid
0: no no I, no not at all they talk about respiratory droplets i mean all of these things right and and then i watched it again in october of last year in 2020 right. when i was in ghana with megan it was a couple days before we came
1: home together as a family deep into the pandemic
0: uh, yeah but there was a there was like borders were opening because that's how i was able to be in uh, in ghana so i'd been in africa like
1: you, you'd experienced a lot of the height of COVID. yeah and we, now there's a lull
0: yes it was it was definitely coming down after that summer peak and um and had really lived through the first six months of that pandemic and, and, and so we watched it again. And I actually, I didn't find it to be a, a, a stressful experience watching it the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously I knew how it ended. and But, but I was I just again struck by all of this language now I was so steeped in is just here, present in this movie 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. what, what I was going to say, I think what I love about Soderbergh does in the film is he dispels any illusions you have about what it's gonna be because like it's gwyneth paltrow in an airport and um and oh and oh she's at the bar she's coughing she's touching her credit card the the server is taking the she's credit so card good
1: in this movie for only being in it for like five minutes
0: okay i just can we should maybe stop down on gwyneth paltrow who is just Phenomenal, like start acting again, please. All I want Uh, is enough with the moisturizers. (laughs) All I
1: want is Gwen Feltra to be in Uh, movies again. uh, Enough, (laughs) she's so good with the skincare and the yoga. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's so good. She destroys this role, and literally, like when she died. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, that's Spoiler what I'm later. getting at. Is
0: she dies yeah. in the first eight minutes of the movie, and you're like, "Oh, right. this is not what I was
1: anticipating this to be." <laughs> right? <laughs> I know the movie poster uh, gives you know, it but, away. <laughs> I mean, well, no, and, it, the movie poster makes you think it's going to be like a, a I Am Legend or something, where like the type uh, of yes, yes, is, like yes. kind of zombie esque yes. or
0: something. So I put off watching Contagion for years because. I really thought that it was there's I kept confusing it with I think there was another horror movie called like Outbreak around mm. the same time yeah. that was like alien zombie killer sickness kind of thing. Right. Like it's a little bit more sci-fi in what the disease is. Yes. And 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 that's not what he does at all. This is like I'm going to give you this brutalist to a documentary. A, a pseudo documentary view of what pandemic life is going to be like and it's not inaccurate
1: (laughs) right (laughs) i mean the toilet paper specifically but i mean he he just he it's because the like what i mean is he didn't harp on toilet paper which he should have if he really i know i know what i'm saying is like because the disease is amplified yes everything is yeah, it's like he, he nails everything except for, like we had pointed out, kind of the political divisiveness. But that's because the disease is so different. And so when he takes the disease to 10 yeah, and then can take every other reaction that we would naturally have and have had yeah, during COVID to 10. So like in our world, what is, you know, toilet paper flying off the shelf for like a week or two is people breaking into houses looking for food. Yeah
0: and and there's that scene it's it's matt damon with his daughter in a line you know outside of a grocery store by a military you know supply truck giving out right. groceries because it's not just the toilet paper it's everything in the store it's like
1: the supply chain has yeah. been broke. Pe- yeah yeah
0: yeah and 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 so there is just such a, a
1: amping up of everything but it's all it's all accurate right i thought like one of my favorite characters is that one i don't know who she is but she's a lady who meets with uh like kate, kate winslet this. yeah so she she meets with kate winslet's character and she's like irritated that you know the virus is happening and she's like oh well, who's gonna tell the public oh you yeah yeah and i'm like you are the world <laughs> yeah it's you're a- every character in the story of COVID." <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's Kate Winslet is like up
0: in Minnesota or wherever the Matt Damon, wherever this outbreak started in the ground US. zero, and of. she's basically meeting with like the county health department, the county health board, and they're like, you know, they have no idea they're so in over their heads,
1: right? Like like they're much more worried about public reaction versus yeah. public safety. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. and like bottom line, who pays for this? Uh, arena to be rented to like house the dying. oh my gosh Um, like like you are everyone you're 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 the real the reality of yeah of when this happens yeah yeah i
0: mean so i think if he anticipated more or or included more of that political reaction i mean and it's it's actually telling from even that small stuff that scene you just described that's those are kind of the arguments like it's it is like that's that's real um and 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 so i don't even think he's inaccurate in in the way he portrays it i just don't think he anticipated it being so much of what we've had to deal with
1: enough to focus on it longer yeah yeah absolutely which makes Um, sense yeah he's got another story to tell or other sides of it to tell.
0: Yeah, and the the story pulls no punches. It, it, Gwyneth Paltrow dying in the first ten minutes, you're like, oh, nobody is safe. Anybody could get this thing and die, and that's how it works. And I mean, and he does it again with the Kate Winslet character. I know. I was shocked when she died. Like,
1: and she, and he did it with such coldness. It, it's so unceremonious. Yeah, like, um it, it might be my favorite shot in the movie, but. It cuts to her in a body bag, and weird to call it my favorite shot, but here we are. Um, And for a second, you can't quite tell that it's her. Yeah. I mean, he sets it up because in the last scene, she's, like, hallucinating. But, um, yeah, it's almost like you can't tell it's her, and then she just is a body thrown into a pit, a mass grave. Yeah. And she's not really spoken of again. No. And. Yeah, it's not like, what? Like, Lawrence Fishburne's character be like, she died? Yeah. You know, he and, doesn't hold your hand. And, and it then.
0: basically goes from her in a hotel room and a dark hotel room coughing to her in a body bag. I mean, it's like, oh,
1: she, she's in a cot in the right. arena. Um, and She's, like, trying to hand her jacket to another patient who was yes, cold. Yes, yes. Um, but the way that it just moves and is... Yes. The, the, the way he
0: just moves through and, and doesn't there's hey, we're not going to stop down and celebrate the
1: life of this great whatever it's just boom boom boom. That's the other thing I, I noticed within the first within the first two minutes I was like, yep, this is a good one. like the propulsive nature of the film yeah ha, had me hooked instantly yeah and it almost reminded like a lot of it reminds me of some David Fincher stuff. Mm. am I wrong in that? No, no, I, I think you're totally right. Yeah, there, like, there is the, like the rhythm a rhythm is, is
0: like there's it, the soundtrack even and and maybe it's yes
1: the soundtrack is probably a big part of it the, the soundtrack i mean it's 2011 so yeah, that's you know, what i was going to say there yeah.
0: there's some there was something in the air of 2011 where the soundtrack to this really reminds me pr- has this propulsive nature in the way that the social network soundtrack has yes and it's just kind of constantly moving forward and social network 2 is a movie that that is a little more disjointed in its narrative structure Um, in the way that Contagion is Contagion is more linear but it is still really disjointed and going across
1: all of these different um, places and characters and storylines yeah yeah even the um, I'm just having it on the background like the home uh, cinematography with Matt Damon and his daughter it's Mm -hmm. very Gone Girl yeah like like, I don't know the coldness of the space yes
0: the the sterility the sterility
1: of yeah it. it's a, like like there's no lived-in home and also like he throws that like really harsh blue filter on everything yeah so I, I want to ask uh, a lot of the conversation and
0: oh, obviously a lot of a lot of the conversation about this movie in particular over the last year has been related to COVID right <laughs> how does it stand for you I and mean, we just talked about uh, some of these elements um, comparing it to other movies I think we love. How does it stand for you as a movie on its own? It's I
1: think at this point it's impossible for me to separate. <laughs> yeah. I like the whole time is just, yeah, this is really accurate. <laughs> yeah. And like I, I think the the trauma of the past year and a half yeah. is pretty hard to uh quantify. Like Like, obviously, it's a lot more traumatic for people that have had loved ones that have died from COVID or even gotten COVID and, you know, gone through that scary experience or, uh, you know, themselves gotten it. Like, but, but even the psychologically, like, I think one of the scariest parts of a pandemic is just your mind's ability to go off the rails with the what ifs. Yeah. You know, like even with this new Delta thing, variants, uh, it, it's so easy for me and Sarah's mind to go like, well, it's like that much more contagious. And what if Abel gets it because kids are more susceptible to it? And sure. you know We've read this one anecdotal story of a kid, you know, yeah. passing away, you know, like it, it's it's all the what ifs, but I'm going to turn my what ifs to like the worst case possible on everything. Yeah. And then you're just feeding that with Twitter and doom scrolling and you know anecdotal stories of vaccine breakthrough cases. I'm not saying those aren't happening, but they are. But you yeah. know, it's still not yeah terrible. I, but like this movie feels like a um, yeah. Let, let's let's go worst case scenario. You know, and we, and we'll, and what's nice about the movie is the we see the resolve. And what's disturbing for me in this movie is that the a, a big part of the resolve is something that, you know, half the country in our reality says no to.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's an interesting thing where in the movie, the only uh, kind of reaction to the vaccine is like
1: desperation, desperation for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to the point where they're doing like like similarly, but not at all. They're doing lottery polls for who gets it yeah. first, and because it feels like the disease, of the movie affects everyone the same way. Yes, it's just like they pull a number. It's like March third. Yeah. That's a birth. If you're born that day, you get it first, and then they yeah. go through the whole calendar yeah. year. And so some people are like, "Man, I'm I'm a hundred days away from getting it." Yes. And so there's a real desperation. People are sneaking vaccines to people, and yeah. Meanwhile, in our country, like, we're throwing them out. Well, and
0: even the way that the vaccines are literally produced and packaged, they include a wristband that is has a barcode. You have to, sk- t- you have to scan to get anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. you see that, like, Matt Damon scanning his immunity wristband to get into the mall. Right. Um, and how there's no question about those things in the movie. Those are not things that he explores. Right. Um, he, he is not interested because, I, I, I you know, again, a lot of the conversation is how how amped up the disease in the film is exactly like I don't want
1: to get too political about what you think like what you think about vaccines or you know some of this like suggestions of vaccine you know confirmation to do certain things in this country but it is interesting that just bumping the disease intensity up a little bit and it feels pretty accurate that people would respond the way that he's depicted in the movie
0: i actually agree i do i think you know it it is an interesting thought experiment to say okay what if covid was a lot more obviously fatal and dangerous right and and how would be how would we react to even the things that we're going through right now today i think it would be totally different um totally and because the whole movie is so much of the movie is about risk assessment, which is what we've all been having to do basically on our own for the last year and a half, every day, every <laughs> day. And it being in kind of constant flux, right? Like mm-hmm. this summer, those who are vaccinated are, have a different risk assessment than those who are not. And well, maybe, maybe, but, but no, it, it's still a question because the, you know, like
1: even. Well, I guess you what I mean I, by that is that if you are able to get vaccinated, and that's something that you're not interested in, then your your typically your view of the virus might be different in terms of like what you perceive as risk. Yes. If that if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and so, but even you and I have different levels of risk assessment and different right. ways that that we're, that we're approaching this. And we we're both
1: vaccinated, and you know right and and even within that context there's like differences yeah Yeah.
0: um you know i know people who have had it and you know are trusting their own immune response to 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 be able to deal with it again and people who are vaccinated that are doing whatever and then people who are vaccinated and, and masking up again and not out of not out of uh, abiding by a regulation or a policy, mm-hmm. but out of out of concern and safety and
1: right. And so it's the just full this full spectrum. Yeah,
0: and and there is no. I mean, everyone is basically everyone has to make those decisions on their own. I
1: I think that's fine. I think it's okay that that's the way. People are like coughing my face. I want the disease. <laughs> <laughs> we got those guys yeah. running around. um
0: yeah, it's just a. It, it, it's interesting to see that too in the in the film of this kind of, these questions of risk assessment and, and, and how that changes when you're dealing with loved ones, right? Like, right. I, I think about that scene where Lawrence Fishburne calls his, I think it's his girlfriend. I think they get married by the end of the movie, and tells her, "Hey, you got to get out of Chicago. Like they're shutting the city down," right. And and, like he gets reprimanded for that um, because it's like insider trading. Yeah. And, and, and he's like the head of the CDC basically in the movie. And, and you would hope that, or, or you would, you know, think someone like that would be able to, you know, view this objectively and say, no, you need to stay in the city because they, them closing the city off is the wise thing to do. And, but it's
1: his loved one. Like, Right. The, the janitor for the CDC says it when he's like, you know, everyone's got their loved ones. Yes, yeah. Or the ones they care about. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your your morality shifts yeah. depending on the context. Um, I, and then he sneaks his vaccine to it, that guy's kid. Yes,
0: yeah. It, yeah, That the vaccine at the end, there's such... I, I don't know if there's a movie with a more well-earned happy ending than this mm. one. Where I just, like, every time I see that ending, it's just joy. There is breakthrough. I mean, it's it's joy, too, because it's so, so tinged with tragedy. Right. But to right. watch people be able to shake each other's hands. Right. And that, it, that Lawrence Fishburne line of, the, you know, do you remember, do you know why we started doing this? It was to show that, you know, I'm not your enemy and I have nothing to hide. Right. Um, and and I, do, I mean you no harm and right <clears throat> even
1: accidentally
0: even accidentally and to watch people be able to take vaccines and shake hands it's like oh my gosh so like wh- what's i'm i'm, what I'm sweet not carrying joy. a weapon <laughs> yeah of of death here what what sweet joy and i think as i've actually had more distance to the movie and we've moved through the pandemic further it's like oh that's just not what we're gonna have like i was filled with a lot of joy when i got vaccine when i got my vaccine
1: right um but felt like a couple months back that we this moment would happen yeah
0: yeah it, it, it felt like when i got vaccinated it felt like okay I'm living this scene in the movie to, right this now now look where we are um you know I, I mean and and I think there's a lot of positive things right now in the direction of the pandemic a lot of people are getting vaccinated still and um, and and vaccines are being distributed all over the globe, a lot of uh, developing nations are you know getting them at levels that are like you know really productive and 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 really exciting for those countries um, for the first right. time. So it's a lot of good things, but um, it's just different, you know. That yeah, I, I don't know the movies. It, it, <laughs> I don't know how to talk about it outside of COVID, I but I know, actually, but I, I also know. think. I also think that I love this movie and that it's – I just find it to be so bold and to be so unflinching in its desire
1: to just put this in your face. It's unbelievable the prophetic nature of it. Yeah. Like just calling every step. I mean he even said in an interview, he's like, yeah, when I met with uh, you know, pandemic virus experts, whatever, they're like, yeah, we're, we're due. We're definitely due for a big one. Yep. And uh, it's probably going to come from the wet markets in China, probably from a bat. He's like, literally everyone I met with said that. Yeah. And, you know, even me saying that, I am ready for people to be like, actually, it's a leak from the lab. Sure. Like, like there's so little that uh, human beings can agree on about, yeah. about something like this. Yeah. You know? That, which, again, it's that moronic thing and and I think that if it was more deadly people might be able to agree more
0: I I think because I had watched contagion on March 1st of 2020 and and I had been basically primed Mm -hmm. for the reality of something like this and and the origin of it and how this thing spreads that then when we walked through the beginning of the pandemic I was like oh yeah this lines Mm up with what what was in this story
1: yeah like i've seen this before <laughs> but but it was it was like
0: uh, it, it was like I, I and i don't know why i trust steven soderbergh and his research and his portrayal of this thing but there is a oh, this is familiar to me so i can accept this um where, where i think i think people who didn't have that experience or had just didn't know nothing about this because i had also watched some of that netflix documentary pandemic last february too um did you ever see that
1: no um, uh, i'd heard about it though just like yeah it was another word do
0: yeah and it came out two months before COVID. like and and you know so it's you know that uses a lot of the language and a lot of the uh, you know things that they're afraid of. there's a scene where they're in like a hospital it's it's you know it's a real like pandemic training simulation that reminds me of, like an episode of parks and rec mm. um where they're like, they've run out of ventilators and, you know, they're, they're just intubating everybody in this facility. And it's like, oh my gosh, like they prepared for that. Um, They knew. Yeah. And I mean, it's just crazy. Um, So uh, yeah, I just felt like, I I don't want to say, oh, this, this Hollywood movie helped prepare me for COVID, but, um, but kind of, but, but it kind of did. And, and, and one of the cool things is you, I listen to, you know, like I said, interviews with Soderbergh, and he would often say, you know, at this point recently over the last six months or so that the only thing that they fudged the details on was how quickly that they were able to develop a vaccine in the film where all the experts at the time were telling him that a vaccine would be years. And right, they right. basically get it together within 12 months in the movie. And, so even that's pretty accurate. And and that's actually accurate, but uh, which is a crazy thing, because that was the part where he decided to depart from what the science and experts were telling him. Um, right. Because I, for the sake of optimism in the film, I don't know.
1: Um, right. I know, if you see day 500, you know, whatever, you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> really, are this many people around to still get the vaccine? <laughs> oh, man. Did you have a, a favorite storyline? Honestly, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was my favorite. Like, like it's such a perfect cherry at the end of the movie of showing day one yeah. of the virus. Oh, And yeah. just like... Like, so clean. We yeah. edit on that of the trees, the bat, the pig, the chef. Uh, and Not just
0: the trees, the trees disturbed by the, you know, deforestation. Right. Like, oh my gosh. In <laughs> the, in the last like the... second, he's
1: able to take this turn and say, hey, it's about climate change, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just us. And which, which it's like weirdly accurate as well yeah if you if you want to go with the whole lab leak thing yeah of like people kind of directly causing this yeah but and then the the camera has a flash on it and that just like ends the movie it's yeah. like oh it's I perfect i know oh the 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 butcher
0: who doesn't wash his hands and shakes hands with going to the and you're just, like, the oh, towel. just screaming like oh my gosh so because we've been trained so well we, we, we've we developed, I think, good and renewed hygiene habits over the last year. Um, I, well, that's one of the things that is interesting in retrospect to watch this movie. Like that opening scene, which I described, where she's at the bar in the airport and she hands her credit card over and then the server touches this oh touch, my gosh.
1: touch screen pad to that, put in the that order. That was so... <laughs> like my guts were like stop right right but i mean obviously you know the the context of the what the movie's about but after this year you're like oh god that's what i'm saying like oh god
0: uh, 10 years ago i don't think that scene hits as well like no it's like oh i get it okay she's touching things and they're sharing germs but you're like okay but now it's like oh my gosh
1: this is this is a nightmare it's funny because the, the looting and rioting was also accurate, but not for the same <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. And, and kind of linked to that
0: scene is the way he, um, he draws you just so deeply into the story and what's happening in this and the reality that he's created that he he almost is like he's teaching you in real time as you watch the movie how to experience a pandemic and the Mm -hmm. things that are frightening the right the touches human behavior yes the 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 touches the coughing the 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 contact the way that these things uh are, are horrifying and then like you said you've experienced that for two hours and then you get that day zero and everything that happens is a nightmare. And but but it doesn't hit if he starts with that day zero. It's, it's one of the best choices in the movie that he ends with that.
1: What do you make of Jude Law's character in terms of his uh like cuz they kind of reveal at the end his snake oil that he's selling, you know, that he never he doesn't have the antibodies for the disease, so he never had the disease. Yeah. Is it purely money making? You know, madness. Because like he's so cautious throughout mm. the movie too. Yeah, like, it's yes. Like one of my one of my favorite shots is him walking through San Francisco in that like spaceman outfit. Yeah, and, and his old just, colleague or the the woman that he was trying to sell his stories to at the newspaper is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, the streets are empty and there's yes. just trash everywhere, and and like. I guess I'm not used to seeing someone dressed the way he is in that, like, you know, space, you know, ventilation suit in San Francisco. And it's emptied and it's not, like I said, a zombie movie. Yeah. Or, or a sci-fi movie.
0: I I think, see, I think the Jude Locke character is a little more nuanced and and interesting than maybe a lot of the real life bloggers on this stuff. Right. Um because because at the beginning of the movie, like he really is keyed into what's happening. He has the right. video of the people dying right. of this disease, and he says something's happening. You got to cover this story. So you kind of think, oh, he's he's a, he's a journalist. I mean, and he is, but he's a, he's a serious journalist. And then then he takes this hard right turn into you know home remedy, blah blah blah, that doesn't really work, and he knows it doesn't work, and. Uh, how do you kind of reconcile the, the the serious journalist that you see in the opening scenes with the um, you know the opportunist by the end of
1: the film? And, right. and, and maybe that's the that point. that guy during COVID who bought like all of the Purell in yeah. the city. <laughs> yes, and was selling it for like quadruple
0: or whatever. Yes, uh, you know maybe and that's the maybe that's the point that he he's making is. Um, You can be someone who's a serious journalist and and have serious intentions about a thing But you can also be an opportunist and
1: as soon as you see that opening To to really go after it in a way that is gonna just serve yourself. There's an optimism in this movie that I'm really drawn to that I more fearfully feel is is not gonna be available.
0: Yeah, you know one of my favorite it's kind of two storylines together um, that that kind of converge and diverge at different places in the in the movie is the two female scientists, the Jennifer Hale character who discovers the vaccine and develops it, and then the Marion uh, Marion Cotillard character who is right. in the field trying to track down the patient zero. Right. And and I I think about this because you talked about an optimism that I think the movie has, and I think that optimism was really displayed in these two characters. You know, in in one, the Marion Cotillard character of like, we can go and we can look at security footage from these casinos and we can figure out where this thing came from, right? Like, you know, there is just an assuredness about that. Right. Um, And then the Jennifer Eel character, like, she's willing to basically um, test these vaccines on herself and... You know, kind of that 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 her own risk assessment and her own sacrifice for for the good and the sake of others. Right. Um, but it's not just she's you know blindly jabbing herself with needles. She knows she's literally created the vaccine, and it's this optimism about the science and her ability to trust it. Um, right. I, I and I just love watching these two characters just be so competent at what they do, and. Just work. It's it, You know, Roger Ebert used to say, uh, "You don't want to watch a movie about someone who's average at what they do. You want to watch movies movie right. about people who are the best at what they do." That's
1: why I loved my dinner with Andre. What somebody sitting at dinner and talking? <laughs> yeah, these two average guys. <laughs> no, it's why no. we
0: like Ocean's Eleven because Danny Ocean is the best thief in the country. You know, like that. We want to watch that.
1: I know. And it just makes me sad. Let let's say tomorrow they figure out where it came from and it's announced. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like 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 let's say, vaccine is one hundred percent safe, and it is like the end all cure all. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's the like for me. I have that hit of optimism. It it's like a perfect rhythm with how he ends the movie. It's like. We're on the other side, or we're get you know. Yeah, it it it's it's back here, and we see a light at the end of the tunnel, and then, right after that, here's how it all started. Day one, yeah. you know, and it's like yeah, like I have this optimism, and then it, it kind of falls back to this. This is not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, let's move on to segments then. So what what do we got sipping on tonight? This is, a, is this a new segment? We we add it up front on segments because we have the nice little oh, ASMR yeah. intro now. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a glass of water. Nice, <laughs> crushing it. And and you, I've got a Mr. Black coffee liqueur mm. with a splash of milk over ice. Sounds nice, keeping you awake. This is excuse me, a damn fine couple of segments. All right. Favorite shots. Hit me with yours. Um, Okay. So I have two, I think.
0: Um, One is related to what I was sharing earlier about Soderbergh's ability to take something that um, does not seem, um, that may seem really innocuous or, you know, or simple and and make it something that's actually, like, horrifying, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a it's one of these shots. Uh, I'm gonna actually just show it to you. Um, can you see that? This yeah. is these are these kind of giant high rise um, apartment buildings um, in in like Hong Kong or somewhere. I, I don't remember where, um, but they're not luxury apartments. This is like people packed in, and mm-hmm. he gives you this huge like helicopter wide shot of these like four or five buildings right next to each other. And the images, the, the, the consequences that the, you just, he invites you to play it out in your mind. Okay, somebody in, this, in one of these buildings is sick. What's going to happen? And mm. it's horrifying. And that's all he has to do. He just shows you a shot of a building where if that building, that same exact shot should, could be in a Christopher Nolan Batman movie and you're like, yeah, cool. Batman's going to f- jump off this building or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's the way that he is able to take uh, this image that out of context means nothing. And in context is absolutely horrifying. Um, and yeah. then w- one of my other favorite shots of the movie is it's early on when Gwyneth Paltrow is sick in her kitchen and she drops that coffee mug. Oh, and she's looking at the camera with her black eyes it's it's the wide shot from far away of her having just dropped the mug and like not quite knowing how to stand in her kitchen is matt damon in the shot too i i think so and he's like horrified about what he's watching i mean it's that it's like kind of a wake-up call for him like oh shoot you're really sick right. and and i i remember the first time i watched that having that same reaction like the the, the woman can't hold a cup what's happening to her? And within forty-five seconds, like like she's dead,
1: right in in the movie time. Yeah, there's a real uh, coldness. Yes, it it feels very clinical in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what goes into mine, which is kind of the um, sequence from uh, what's her name, Kate Winslet. Yeah, sequence of Kate Winslet, who at this point is established as a fairly big character in the movie who it feels like she might be part of the solution of how to deal with all this, you know, and she's doing good work, selfless, just on the ground. And, uh, she gets the disease and is in one the like stadium with all the sick people and it just a shot of her coughing in a cot and then instantly cuts to her in a body bag and i think what was uh i think what was striking for me was like because i didn't realize till after it cuts from her face in the body bag to people like lifting her up and carrying her over yeah it's like oh that's her yeah you know like i didn't think that they could just do that to her yes and it felt like so little care for these characters yeah not from a directorial standpoint but from a Virus standpoint yes, yes. of like this doesn't matter. The it doesn't good matter that, that you are.
0: It doesn't matter that you're Kate Winslet in this movie,
1: right? Or that you're uh, a doctor that's helping figure this out. Yeah, yeah. You know, or you know, selfless giving, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like you are gone so quick. Yeah, This brutal. And and then thrown into a pit with hundreds of other bodies yeah. in a mass grave. Yeah so like and and really characters not really talking about it or addressing her death uh yeah kind of just reinforce that almost yeah that lack of empathy yeah
0: and the disconnectedness that all these characters have as yeah they're all you know filling the
1: frame of the same movie but they don't even know each other yeah it's yeah. like it's like you said earlier the propulsive nature of the movie it's like all right move on she's down Yep. Like I've compared uh, COVID to humans versus zombies. <laughs> like on, on, on the college I went to on campus, they would do humans versus zombies for like a week, and it's like you try to get to your class from across campus and still survive. And by the end of the week, basically everyone's a zombie. So if you're still there, it's like a feat. So I'm like that. Nah, yeah, that's what COVID feels like. Like yeah. if you make it to the end without having gotten it, it's like that's elite. You yep. know. Yep. Yeah, but no, it's, that, so, it's that, so
0: uncaring. I agree. That sequence with Kate Winslet is crazy. Um, it's it, and it, it is always both th- three times I've watched. it, I'm struck by how quick and
1: uh, she's out. Uh, efficient done. It is yeah <laughs> right. Efficient is is a scary way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Mitchell, what is your letterbox review of this? Um, i gave it three and a half i think i think because i've probably never watched it again yeah you know it's really good i know I, i'm considering making it a four it is yeah. really good i just i think i uh, i almost do feel like it's more a, just a clinical documentary of what we're experiencing yeah but it, it's great I, I if i could give it a 3.75 i would yeah i i go the full four and that's in
0: in no small part due to the fact that how how prophetic it feels
1: right i definitely recommend it you know oh i just maybe it's just i don't want to watch it again and and also like it's not a hard movie to watch no Uh,
0: he is such an expert director that it just is like uh, you're getting on a ride is what it feels like to me. Oh, not a pleasant cough. (laughs) That first cough. I was like, all right, I'm in. (laughs) Not a pleasant ride, but, uh, it's, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but a director who knows what they're doing from the, from, from the jump, like, okay, okay, just take, take me away. Steven Soderbergh, uh, take me on this, uh, terrible
1: respiratory disease ride. Here we go. All right. New segment alert. Keep the, the music the, this you just decided I this just is, decided this is the new I segment. love it, yeah the unsung hero, okay, we're talking the moment or actor that does so much with so little of their their time on screen. So this is like and not f- a lead, not a lead. Just say like flash in the pan of like what a great little moment and, and, but and but like, it could also th- just be like a thing, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. But, like, like maybe this actor wouldn't even be on the IMDb because it was, like, two seconds. Great. Okay. Love it. So my Unsung Hero Award goes to the monkey that survives uh, the disease because of uh, vaccine number 57. And the look he gives the doctor as she realizes the vaccine works. <laughs> it's, like, shy. It's, like, hey, all my other friends are dead. But uh, I'm still here. I don't know. <laughs> and she's looking approvingly I'm like that monkey earned his pay alright my unsung hero
0: award I guess goes to the butcher on day zero for the biggest gross out <laughs> moment in a movie I've seen in yeah. a year
1: by by simply shaking without Baltro's hand after not washing it <laughs> after sticking his fingers in a pig's mouth <laughs> deep into his mouth good lord uh. Yeah, that guy, that guy, it's a thankless role. (laughs) Unsung heroes, baby. Hey, shout out to that pig, too. Um, Cool. And then our last segment. Last segment. What else have you been watching this week? Yeah. Uh,
0: What else have you been watching, Mitchell? No, I asked you. I've been watching a lot. I'll I'll focus on uh, two movies that I watched this week. Um, One for the first time... And one kind of a rewatch that I hadn't seen in many years, but I, two, both Michael Mann movies. you you mm. familiar with Michael Mann? Of course. Uh, I watched Heat, 1995's Heat, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Hua! Uh, <laughs> you get some uh, cognac? <laughs> 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 uh,
1: I love it, an excuse to do the Al Pacino impression. From Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, specifically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's kind of like right at the end of this middle peak for both these guys right before I think they kind of entered a late stage of both of their careers and they're not doing as maybe as much serious stuff or most, as reputable stuff and it's the first movie that they are in together and that they have a scene together because they were both in The Godfather Part 2 but they, they're never in a scene together because they're you know Robert De Niro's playing something in the past, um, but it's a it's like a bank heist movie. But that's just the striking things about it to me, really quick. It it's it's almost three hours, and it feels like an epic, like in the in the kind of vein or style of like these sprawling, like Lord of the Rings or the last. It reminded me uh, in some ways of the Last of the Mohicans, which is mm-hmm. also a Michael Mann movie, but except it's just in present day L.A where mm-hmm. it just the, the way he creates and, and and involves you in the setting of L.A. as this big sprawling landscape. Um, and then the other, the, the other movie I watched was Collateral, which is also Michael Mann, and that's the Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. Jamie Foxx is a cab driver. Tom Cruise is a, an assassin that he ends up uh, picking up one day. I don't know
1: why I wanted to hear Kramer's movie phone <laughs> <laughs> like interpretation of Collateral.
0: You better get me off that boat. <laughs> <laughs> you better get out of my cab. <laughs> yeah. You better get me to my destination.
1: Um
0: but and I like I haven't seen collateral you know, forever but uh I was like, oh, I remember I, the was marketing
1: like, back in the uh, day.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I, my memory of collateral was that it was like a big deal important movie. And I don't think it is held up as such. No. Like, I just there was a lot of buzz about Jamie Fox. There was a ton of buzz about like Tom Cruise in a gray wig um, as a bad guy. And, Can it be? <laughs> and I, I, I thought the movie was like was like good and solid throughout. And then the last twenty five minutes just knocked me off, it knocked me out. Like, just loved it. Really good. Uh, so nice. I enjoyed both those. Really good. Just fun kind of thriller kind of stuff so are they streaming anywhere
1: people can find um
0: them. he is not uh but collateral is streaming on
1: hbo max right now as of august 1st nice good picks good picks um i finished silence oh yeah I kind of already talked about last time but that that's a sleeper pick for scorsese i feel yeah i just don't think people really talk about it that much no people should it's really good and my boy Garfield should have gotten a, at least a nom. I know. I know. He's I really mean, good in it. He's insane in it. Yeah. Uh, so amazing. And then I watched a movie called The Old Dark House, uh, which is a Boris Karloff 1932. Oh. The little uh, saying on the poster is more thrilling than Dracula, more mysterious than Frankenstein, the spookiest of them all. And I saw like one of the Instagram accounts I follow uh, posted about it. It was like, oh, this movie is so like it's it, the cinematography is is kind of Night of the Hunter esque. Oh, I know you love it's, that. It's, I love Night of the Hunter. It's it was genuinely very creepy, very fun, just a good old fashioned spook. I might save it for October. Um, but I remind I, me the title. Uh, it is the Old Dark House. The old and dark it's house. streaming on Tubi for free. Oh,
0: I love a good Tubi movie.
1: Tubi returns. Oh my gosh! We need a t- Tubi alert sound on this pod. And uh, yeah, if you just want a good old fashioned spook, go hit this up. All right. It was it was a good
0: time. All right. Silence and the old dark house. Yes, yeah. and then we we both watched a movie this week, which. Uh, uh, oh we wait! Well, really quick, uh, I want to give one other movie that I watched before you get onto this one. Um, just shout out! Um, I had a, a friend, Nick. Uh, it was his thirtieth birthday. He's a listener, and he shout out, Nick. He uh, rented out a, a theater for private screening this week at a ballerman, a, a local theater. So, uh, and he screened La La Land for us. Um, oh I, wait, you can do that. You can just tell the theater I want to watch this movie. I, I think he got like a catalog and got to pick.
1: Dang, um, that's cool.
0: But it was like he couldn't pick like big franchise stuff, but it was a ton of stuff available for him to pick. He went with La La Land. It was super fun to see La La Land on a screen again. Um, a movie I really like.
1: Um, so it's it super fun. Happy birthday, Nick. That's awesome. Shout yeah. out, Nick. Um, and then the movie that we both watched this past week and will be talking about next week yeah. is...
0: The Green the Knight. The Green Knight. Uh, which we announced last week as today's movie, but uh, we had a little
1: bit of a delay. We had a delay. We have a very special guest coming on to talk about The Green Knight for this episode. And uh, he had a, a last minute thing come up, but we are more than happy to accommodate because he, this is a baller guest. Hop it on the pod to discuss The Green Knight with us next week is Jared Hogan. Uh, Jared Hogan is a filmmaker. He's a writer, director. Of uh, He's got some short films out. He's done a ton of music videos and yeah. just kind of interesting short film stuff that has actually been a huge inspiration for me creatively over the years. Yeah. Um, he's done music videos for John Mark McMillan, Joji, MC McIntyre, just a bunch of awesome artists that if you haven't listened to already, go check them out and uh, go check out Jared's work because it is fantastic and I cannot wait to see what he puts out next. And I think it's just gonna be awesome to talk to a real filmmaker about a movie. And we specifically reached out to Jared for The Green Knight because um, just from what I've seen of his work, it just stylistically felt like he would have have a lot of good stuff to say about this film. A lot of insight into the A24 world, uh, the A24 verse. Certainly an aesthetic here. And, and the green
0: Knight is kind of the exceptional version of that. Yeah. Um, and really excited.
1: I, I, I'm really thrilled uh, uh, for this conversation. Yeah, me too. So uh, yeah, go, go check out some of Jared's work. Watch some of his, he specifically has a short film called pray for the children that is on his Vimeo. Um, it is, it is brutal, but it is brutal and beautiful and if you can hang with it highly recommend to just check that out and uh, yeah we'll be talking with Jared next week for the Green Knight I cannot wait in the meantime people follow follow Jared Hogan on Instagram Mitchell what's his Instagram uh, handle his Instagram handle is Jared underscore Hogan uh, you just follow him on Instagram and he's got a link to his, his work there and then you can follow the pod at movies while they sleep and on Twitter at MWTS pod. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, give us a review. Leave us a review
0: on Apple Podcasts. We like the reviews. And uh, we'll be back. I, I, I think this is a fun episode. I, I hope uh, there's a good chance for people to connect and uh, get a contagion. But so excited for The Green Knight. Hey, we've given you an extra week to go see The Green Knight. Get at it. It's an see awesome the theater. Movie.
1: It redeemed my movie theater experience. Oh, great. Good. Although there was a very noisy bag of Skittles behind me. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> redeemed it. But uh, we'll check check back in with you next week, sleepyheads. Good night, y'all. Bye. Oh, uh, Delta variant.